Good morning, Lindsley Avenue. Good to see everyone this morning. Glad to have some visitors. Got a couple of visitors from Oklahoma. Some Okies in the group. We've got visitors from Washington, D.C. So we're glad that you're here and hope you will come back anytime you're in town. We'll save a seat for you. Uh, right where you are now, we put your name on it if you like. But we're glad you're visiting. If you're visiting, we do ask, if you don't mind before you leave, put your name and some contact information on a little booklet, a little stand over there. We send out an email list of things that are going on. We'd love to just keep you informed. But uh, good to see everybody here today. We're talking this morning about this little life, this little life. I don't remember how old I was when I first sang some version of that song, but it was a few years ago. We'll just leave it as that. This little light of mine, when we were reading there in Matthew chapter 5, uh, this, is, this is at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is really giving a big summary of all the changes and different ways of thinking that he wants for all of us to, to have as followers of his, as opposed to living the way we used to live. If you've seen The Chosen, this is the big event at the start of season 3. And it was real interesting to watch how they filmed it with the actor portraying Jesus calling out various pieces of it. I thought they did a real good job because they weren't going to have him read the entire three chapters uh, and say it on the, the show. But it was really well done. Look at it again at uh, Howell Red Forest a minute ago. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket or a bushel. But they put it on a stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and may give glory to your Father who is in heaven. There are several important things in this passage that's very much at the beginning, if you will, of the Sermon on the Mount. Very important things that Jesus tells us. Let's take a look. He says, you are the light of the world. Over in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, Thurl read this during class this morning. Jesus uh, speaking here says, again, Jesus spoke to him saying, I am the light of the world. Jesus is certainly the light of the world, and we are lights of the world insofar as we reflect Jesus' light. Insofar as the light of Jesus lives in us. He is going to be, in many ways, the blinding light uh, in the lifetime of Jesus here on the earth, to me, the high point has to be the transfiguration, where Jesus goes up with Peter, James, and John to the high place, and his flesh, his entire body, is, is changed, it's transfigured, so that, if you will, the eternal light that is God, and Jesus being God, the eternal light of the divinity, somehow or other shines through his very flesh, and they really don't know what to make of it. Peter... Uh, many, many years later, writes that they were eyewitnesses of his majesty when he was on that holy mountain. That's the true light. We don't shine quite like that, not at all. But we shine as the light of Jesus lives in us. It's important to have a light. It's important to have a light. What do people do pretty much the moment the power goes out? They start looking for a candle, right? These days, maybe they pull out their phone if it's charged and turn the little flashlight on the phone. But we, we don't like to really be in the dark. Thurl talked about being in a dark place. I have been inside Carlsbad Caverns and the Mammoth Cave system, and they flip that light off, and you really can't see anything. People don't like it. Some people won't go in for the tour because of that very reason. We want light. We are light as we follow Jesus. And as Jesus lives within our hearts, 
we are able to show that light to other people. He also says a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You know, it's, it's one thing if you've got a, a village or a city that's down in the valley, you may be traveling a long way and never see it. It's kind of off to the side. It's down low. But if you've got a plain and there's just one big hill or one mountain out here, you can see that a long way off. I don't quite know how far off you can see the Smoky Mountains if you're traveling east in Tennessee, but you see it and you still have a long way to go. So if you've got a city up on a hill, everybody's going to see it. You know, think of a huge 747 on the radar or some bigger plane, right? 787, 767. It's going to make a big blip, right? Think of a bird on the radar. It's not going to make much of a blip. So we are the light of the world, and we need to be, as it were, 747s in terms of how visible we are to the world. He also continues and says, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. For one thing, we either burn the basket or we put the light out. You know, we're talking flames when Jesus was speaking this. But what would the purpose of that be? You don't put it in a, under a basket or a, a bushel. You put it on a stand so that it will give light to everybody in the house. Again, think if you have to light a candle. If you light a candle, it will give light, but it's not going to give a light if you put it and then put a giant piece of wood in front of it or, you know, light a candle and put it in a, please don't do this, in a cabinet or something like that, right? That's a way to burn your house down. But, you know, you put it where it will give light to everybody, right? Why would you do such a thing? Why would you put a bushel over it or a basket over it? What's the point? Why turn on a light in the room and then walk to the other, other end of the house? <laughs> what, what good is that light doing over there, right? You need to read something and you're over here. So what are you going to do? You're going to go to the other end of the house, turn the light on, and then go back and read? Hello? You know, there's a little short circuit going on uh, if you do that kind of thing. The point of light is to remove darkness. We, as the lights of the world, reflecting the light from Jesus, exist in the world to remove the darkness from the world. Jesus said, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. All of us, all of us, at one point in our lives, have been living in darkness. We take that step into darkness the moment we first choose to do what we want to do, knowing full well that that's not what God would want us to do. At some point in our growing up period, we reach the point where we really can know right and wrong and we choose to do what we want to do. That happens, as I've said, somewhere between someone who's three months old who is not making choices like that. Three months old is just screaming because they either need to be changed or they need to be fed. One of the two. Only two things in their existence, right? But by the time somebody's 20 or 30, they probably are able to make choices where they know what they should do. Each and every one of us, myself included, have chosen to do what we wanted to do, even though it was wrong. Jesus came into the world so that I would not have to stay in that darkness that I put myself in. He, his... He put his life and his light into the world so that we would find a way out of that darkness. He's the only hope any of us have for escaping the darkness that, again, we put ourselves into. 
lost as we were, and some of us may still be in darkness and sin, Jesus brings light and life to us. I find it interesting, we were reading in class today, when you read about the light, life is often mentioned even in the same phrase. It's hard to avoid. Without light, there is no life. Without coming to Jesus to his light, coming out of the darkness of sin, none of us are really alive. We're not. We think we're alive. There are a lot, in many ways, really of zombies who are walking around on the earth today. They think they're alive, they're moving, but without the knowledge of Jesus, they're really not. And that's so, so terribly sad and unfortunate. John three nineteen. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world. Jesus came into the world. He is the light of the world. He came in to call us out of darkness. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Lots of people don't really want to leave the darkness. Things that they may be doing in the darkness, things that they may be doing that are sinful, bring a measure of pleasure. They bring some enjoyment, and they are happy where they are, as it were, sitting in the dark. The world is a dark place. Sometimes we see the darkness. When there's somebody that, that just seems to show so much hatred, they go in and start shooting people. When you see darkness where somebody is in an encounter and somebody gets shot, we read about child abuse. There are all sorts of ways this darkness bubbles up and we see it. But the world is a dark, dark place because of sin, which I would say is just flat out evil. That's what sin is. It's not doing what God wants us to do. It was true 2,000 years ago when Jesus was here and said these, these words. It's still true today. John, 1 John 1, 5 and 6. This is the message that we have heard from him, from Jesus, and proclaim to you. What message? Look, this is really at the very start of 1 John. The primary thing, as it were, that John wants to make sure we all know. What message? What did Jesus tell you, John? That God is light. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. When you think back to the account of creation, in the beginning God created the heavens and the, and the earth, and the world was formless and, and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. What's the first thing God does? And God said, let there be light. The first thing, as it were, that proceeds really out of God as part of the created activity is light. It's almost as if God can't help it. I don't want to put limitations on God, but God is so much light and so different from the darkness that it's as if it had to come out first. Let there be light. Well, I'll argue light was already there because God was already there. In Him, God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Look at what that means for us. Here's the challenge. Look what it means for us. If we say we have fellowship with him, with God, if we say we are joined in a, a work with God, if we say we're part of his family, if we say we belong to God, while we walk in darkness, we lie. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to family and friends. You're lying to God. You know, I may be able to fool myself. Many people seem to be able to lie to themselves for a long time. Many people lie to family and friends for a long time. You can't lie to God. 
I'm one of God's people, but the moment I'm away from other people who follow God, I live the way I want to live. I walk in darkness. I'm just a liar. I'm a flat-out liar. We lie and do not practice the truth. So look, I might be doing things when I'm walking in darkness. I'm lying because I'm not doing the things God wants me to do. I'll be living for myself. I'll be looking to take advantage of other people. I'll be looking to do the things that I want to do. I always think of It's a Wonderful Life when George finally is breaking down and he says, I want to do what I want to do. Picture the scene. He's, for his whole life, he's had to do what other people wanted him to do. Well, unfortunately, most of our lives, we have many times said, I want to do what I want to do, not what God would want me to do. And in this case, poor George, right? He's, he's a very, he, he really didn't get to do much of what he wanted to do, but he was making an impact on people. But when I say that in my day-to-day life compared to God, I'm simply walking in darkness. And if I tell people I'm following God, I'm just, I'm just a liar. I'm just a liar. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. You can't be a member of God's family. You can't be a good member of God's family in the sense of in a right standing with God, a right relationship with God. You can't be practicing the truth if you hate your brother. Now, he's not talking about a physical brother here. You might say, I'm so glad. I don't have a brother or a sister physically. I have no brothers or sisters, so that can't apply to me. This is talking about your family. This is talking about your neighbors. This is talking about anybody we meet. You can't have hatred in here and light in here at the same time. So is it okay to see something on television and feel hatred at this group of people or that individual on the television? No. Is it okay to see a group of people in town who are protesting this or supporting something else or that I disagree with and I just say, I hate those people anyway. Is it okay to withhold love from somebody because I don't really like them anyway? I would argue no. If we say we are in the light, if we say we're a member of God's family, and we hate our brother or sister, we don't show love. And that withholding love is an effective hate here. And we are still in darkness. We're really not a member of God's family, no matter what we say on the outside. But... Whoever loves his brother, whoever loves his sister, whoever has a first reaction of love is, in fact, abiding or staying within the light. Think of the Good Samaritan. The people that ought to have known better, the religious people of the day, when this man had fallen in among thieves and was left half dead, they see him over there like (laughs) hanging around here. They just go by on the other side. And yet it's the one that the people hearing the story the first time would have thought as the villain, would have thought, well, boy, if this guy's half dead, he's going to be dead now because this guy's going to take anything that's left. The Samaritan who comes in, he's the one that has, remember the word? Compassion on him. And he goes over and helps him. What's my first reaction when I come across somebody who's not quite the same as me? 
Maybe somebody who, who needs needs help. Is it? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep walking. I'm gonna keep walking. Or is it compassion? Is it? How can I help? That's a good question to ask, by the way. This is kind of an aside. Somebody's in the middle of something, just ask them, how can I help? Let them tell you. Don't assume you know how you're going to help them. Just say, what can I do to help them? That's a really good question to ask. It's a habit I want us to get into. Can I love God? Hate my brother? Nope. That is not possible. They are mutually exclusive. You can't do it. You can say it. But you can't do it. God is love, and his people need to be loving. John, 1 John 1, 4 and 5. In him, Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. Look at this. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not comprehended it. Sometimes it says apprehended it, but there's two ways you can read the word, the original word. The darkness just doesn't get it. People who are in darkness just don't get the situation they're in. They don't grasp the light. They don't understand their position. They don't understand the danger that they're in. themselves. It was true 2,000 years ago. It's still true today. Thurl did this one today, too. He took nearly every verse I was going to have up here. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Peter says, you, members of God's family, are a chosen race. You have been chosen. God sent his son to give us the possibility of coming into the light. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. You are God's people now. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you. That's God. We may talk about how great God is. And he called us out of darkness into what? Into his light. Wait, wait, wait. That's not exactly what it says. I believe every word shows up in the text is there for a reason. And God chose to put an extra word in there. Peter could have said, he called you out of darkness into his light. He didn't. He put one extra word in there. It's marvelous light. What God has called us to come into is fabulous. It's fantastic. It's amazing. It's awesome. And he wants us to come into that light, into that relationship with him, and leave the darkness behind. So when we look at this, you are the light of the world. You're a city on a hill that can't be hidden. People don't put a light, a light a lamp and put it under a basket. They put it on a stand and give light to the entire house. We need to let our light shine before others so that they may see our good works and let us we didn't talk about that the first time we went through it. What is this? Remember that phrase we read before? Practice the truth. It's on your handout. We lie and do not practice the truth. If we're a member of God's family, we should be engaged in good works, helping people, loving people, doing things that people will notice. Hey, most people don't do that. Why do you? Because I'm in the light. Because I'm a member of God's family. And give glory to your Father. Now, we're nearly done, but I know I want to I see some of the kids are a little, that happens sometimes. I want to call the five of you down, Trayvon and Javante. You guys will pop up. I've got something for you. If you come, just come right down here just for a minute. It won't take long. Pop on up right down there. Right down there. 
We'll be right back. <laughs> have a seat. Have a seat. I got this little thing right here. How many of you have probably seen this thing before? Called a what? Glow stick, right? This is a tiny one. Boy, it's it's tiny. I would not want to use this and have to walk 100 miles in the dark. But you see it's already showing a color. Even in the light, it is purple. You can see it, right? What I have is a little Ziploc bag that has a couple of these tiny ones in here for you. Here's what I want. Do not crack them this morning. No, don't do that. I want you to take them home with you. And when you go to sleep tonight, assuming you don't have a nightlight, when you go to sleep tonight, your room's going to be dark. Or turn off all the lights for a minute. It's a dark room. This is pretty small, isn't it? This is pretty small, but when you're in your room going to sleep tonight, I want you to crack it open. Put it, put it next to you. Put it in the bed. Put it on your pillow. I think you'll be amazed that even something this small in the dark would be pretty easy to see. Now, why do I want you to do that? Because, what do you think? Um, even the smallest light can shine in the dark. Even the smallest light can shine in the dark. We're going to have you preaching up here a little bit. <laughs> because... Our light compared to God's light, suppose the sun is God out here today, right? He's not, but suppose as bright as the sun is, that's the light of God. In comparison, my light's pretty small. My light can make a difference to people who are in the dark. So this next week, I want you, all of us, all of us, to think about how can I let my light shine to people around me? How can I show that I love them? How can I show that I care about them? And if you have to, keep that in a pocket. It's going to go out pretty quick. I have no idea how long these things will last. But keep this in your pocket. Think about letting your light shine. Okay. Again, these are some small ones. If you behave, I've got something I'll give you at the party right afterwards. But i got small ones for now. All right? <laughs> they are really small. Yes, they are. Okay. So again, do not crack them now. But I want you to remember, no matter how small a light is, it gives light when somebody else is in darkness. Okay? Some of them are queer. That one may be a purple one, too. This one had no color either. All right, so thank you all for coming up here. You can go on back. I'll get you the, the big thing of lights a little later. We're back. Thank you all for uh, putting up with that right there. What I want us to leave here today focused on is what Jesus wants from each and every one of us. If we're a member of God's family, if we're a member of God's family, the light that Jesus brought should be living in me. Let that light shine by having the default reaction, your initial reaction, your primary reaction being one of love and compassion when you run into people who are in need. When somebody just looks down, when somebody needs a lift, love people. It's always good to love people and show compassion. But if you're not a member of God's family, then what Jesus has said here in effect is going to be that you're still walking in darkness. 
Please come out of the darkness. The way you do that is to understand what Jesus did, who he is, what he did in giving his life for you. You need to understand that that calls for leaving the darkness, coming into the light, and practicing the truth. The fancy word for that is to repent, change your life from wrong to right. You need to confess, I do believe that Jesus is the Christ. And you need to be buried in water and baptism so that you can die to your old ways and let God forgive your sins as you were raised up out of it. If there's some way we can help, if you need prayer, if you need to respond to God's call today, please come now as we stand and sing.